0: Got it, shot, off the post, rebound, score! Paul Cotter follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano, two on one for Vegas, Marcheseau on the left, Well Smith, got it to him, he scores!
1: the...
2: Woo! Let's get at her. Vegas Golden Knights uh, ready to complete their five game road trip up against the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow. It will be a three and four uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, a very really busy schedule the back half of this uh, road trip before they return home for a couple of games it's been a successful road trip we also have the nhl general managers meeting in florida we'll bring you up to date with a couple of things that they're discussing and news and notes around the national hockey league with one-timers in hour number two which will go along with our game rating and an update on the michael e minden jewelers hockey parlay contest which continues to roll on. I don't want to tell you whether this weekend's contestant was successful or came up just short, but Chapman and I are still in the running for $72,000 in our pocket as we welcome in Chris Chapman who turned a page in his broadcasting career by hosting a national hockey league game on the weekend in place of Ryan Wallace who was uh, out sick. So, uh congratulations to Chris Chapman. We'll get uh, more in depth uh, on that, but uh open up the phone lines. It's it's Monday, it's the start of the week, so let's uh Roll it wide open for everybody. 702-876-1340 if you have a comment on the back-to-back victories by the Vegas Golden Knights since we last talked if you have something to say about uh, what's happening in and around the playoff race is it secure for the vegas golden knights as it uh, relates to a playoff position and where are you in uh, the whole playoff race a uh, home ice advantage in the pacific and the western conference uh title it's uh, a lot to get to as we uh, say hello to uh, ryan wallace you feeling any better buddy
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. Uh, illness in the house, kids, wife, all the things. So I uh, took care of business on Saturday. Knew I was in great hands because of Chris Chapman. Um, the Golden Knights gave him a really good game to talk about as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm feeling better and, and looking forward to tomorrow night against the Philadelphia Flyers and a chance to get eight out of a possible ten points on this five-game road trip.
2: I'll be honest, there's always something special in my bones about games in Philadelphia against the Flyers, uh, part of that uh, second wave in the National Hockey League back uh, in the uh, late 60s, uh, breaking into the National Hockey League when it expanded from the original six. Let's go to the phone lines, uh, open it up, and our leadoff guy is Mike on the VGK Insider Show from Philadelphia to
3: Las Vegas. You guys are like the VGK goalies. You're just plug and play. doesn't matter who's doing what.
2: I will tell you this, that I have some information regarding that, and uh, I'll let you have your say on the goalies, and I'll wrap it up uh, at the end with uh, just how historic this run has been when it comes to vegas playing five different goalies inside of 15 games and there's some interesting history to it and some rarefied company when it comes to what they've been able to do mike
3: oh i look forward to that for sure we have uh, some vivid memories of those early days with the uh flurry concussion and how oh, a legacy fell filled in and whatnot but we look forward to hearing that um what I I heard a question asked today on the NHL radio network, and it was a valid question that applies here and to everyone. And the question is this: There are 14 games left after tomorrow, so we come home and there's 14 games on the slate. Now, the question was really this: Would you rather be, say, 11-2 and one going into the playoffs, or would you rather be more like eight? Five and one, something like that, going in. What would you rather be, hot or not so hot?
2: I would rather be hot, but I understand mm-hmm. the idea of uh, wanting to be able to flip a switch and turn it on and and try to uh, get really dialed in from where you were kind of mediocre and uh and in somewhat of a flat spot which i would consider an eight five and two to kind of be for a, a playoff bound team but uh but i i would always rather be going good and use that part as uh, as intimidation ryan where are you on that hypothetical
1: um yeah i mean i, I think that i agree in so far as i'd rather have a better record going into the playoffs i'd rather feel good about you know where the record is but more so than anything else I want to be playing well. Like you can win hockey games, you can have an inflated record without having maybe the process working out the way that you'd like it to. So as long as you're playing well, uh, I think that's really the only thing matter that matters going into the playoffs. But if, if given the opportunity and, and all things being equal, uh, I'd rather go in on a hot streak because then you're feeling pretty confident about your game.
3: Okay, we are always you in that? that confusion with like an undefeated? college basketball team that they quote need a loss on the record, but you don't see that as a factor in this at all.
2: I I, like that. That's a different story. Like when you, when you're talking about somebody that's perfection, whether it's the national football league or the NCAA and you're going in, uh, that there's already significant pressure piled on there. That, that's a lot different to me than just going in on a good run, uh, in, in a, in a sort of somewhat normal regular season. Th- those are two different factors in, in my mind.
3: So if you're coach Montgomery, you'd rather continue being a wagon just as you have been.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and I think that the, that they would like to continue going, like I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of a flat spot, uh, for the Boston Bruins, you saw that the night after they were able to clinch with five weeks to go in the in the regular season uh, yesterday against the the Detroit Red Wings. I think there are going to be some some uh, lineup decisions that are going to be made uh, to make sure that everybody's in peak physical condition and uh, and healing most as you can be uh, most bumps and bruises uh, in in the individual personnel uh, towards the season, which could expose them to uh, losses down the stretch. But I I would like to to be going uh, as as good as possible in those final uh, five to eight games uh, going into the season and and, he, and this is the reason why uh, I would like to be going good uh we all know if you make the playoffs you have the ability to turn it on uh, you're you're one of the top 16 teams in the league uh you've had a really good season you're in there uh I think that the potential is available in any team in the National Hockey League to be able to have an impact win around win two rounds uh, and and make a difference where I see the advantage of playing good is simply that uh, you don't have those bad vibes just hovering around you. And if if something goes wrong early, say you lose the first two games at home, uh, all the, the bad vibes or those mediocre uh, feelings going into the playoffs, tend to pile on instead of having it going great and you reflect on that a lot more and you've got more recency uh, positivity uh, in your back pocket. That's where I think the real value is in going into the Stanley Cup playoffs on, on more of a ripper uh, than than a mediocre stretch.
3: Okay and just finally was the Dorofaeff goal to get last night was that a tribute to the Bournemouth Cherries?
2: Uh, I would take it as that. Uh, by the way, they did look at it. I don't know what you noticed in the, in the broadcast. Uh, they did uh, take a look at it at the timekeeper's bench. And uh, I was wondering, w- was that about a hand pass that I missed? But it was, in fact, uh, uh, just a question of whether uh, Pavel Dorofiev headed the puck in on purpose, which you're not allowed to do. If the puck goes off your face, off your helmet and goes in (laughs) unintentionally, then it uh, is a good goal. It's one of those weird ones, kind of like uh, directing a puck in or kicking a puck in or uh whether or not that that puck's going to uh that that goal's going to count uh, even though it goes off the same part of equipment uh there's two different interpretations of it so uh, they did look at it they they ruled that it was uh, just as a, much of a surprise to Dorofiev as anybody uh and you could tell by his reaction when he, when he slapped the visor but uh but I I, I loved it and and maybe there's something going on because the cherries had an outstanding performance on the weekend they weathered a storm in the second half after riding the wave of a first half goal and were able to pull off a huge upset and are out of the relegation position so uh thank you for that reminder mike appreciate it now here uh, mike uh here is the uh, the uh stats and now and i know that we've got some other callers on online but um the, the idea of playing five goalies in 15 days is extreme. Oh,
3: yeah. It has happened
2: three other times. Just three other times in 100 whatever years. Uh, wow. Carolina, <laughs> a couple of years ago in 2020, that was when the e-bug, David Ayers, was one of the five goaltenders within 15 games. So they just get in because a guy was pulled in off the street. It happened mm-hmm. to the New York Islanders in 2011. Uh, DiPietro, Poulin, Koskinen, Montoya, and Lawson were the goaltenders there. And back in 2002, the St. Louis Blues used five. Divas, Sanford, Rutkowski, Tom Barrasso, and our own Fred Brathwaite. From the henderson oh, wow. silver knights was oh. one of the five so th- this this uh five goaltenders in 15 games for the vegas golden knights it's only the fourth time in nhl history where you have seen that many goaltenders go in in such a short period of time back to the phone lines uh line number three stephanie you're on the vgk insider show happy monday to you
4: happy monday guys how are you guys
2: doing i'm great it's a rainy day in philly so i just kind of hunkered down i don't know what wallace did out in the homestead.
4: Well, oh, I don't know. Maybe the know, rainy day is making things. up for someone screwing up the sweep on the last game rating.
2: No, <laughs> it's, it's motivation. It's it's huh? honesty, and it was one of it was a Trans Am. You were still riding around in a really nice sled, Stephanie. You're the king uh, I, I,
1: of positivity, Alley. You cannot go against a five out of five. You just can't. Do I it.
2: just want everybody to know that I would take a Trans Am as much as I would take a DeLorean. In fact, if you put the butterfly doors on a Trans Am, I might take the Trans Am 10 out of 10. But, but then we get into uh, fooling around with the mechanics of the car. Uh, what do you think of the back to back win, Stephanie?
4: I thought it was awesome. It was two very different types of wins, right? You have the shutout win. And then you have a win that you had to really battle for. Um, and it's good to see that they're winning both styles, right? They were able to lock down and not allow anything against the number two team at time in the league. Um, and I, I pointed that out on the postgame show because uh, people kept saying, oh, it's the number two team in the East, number two team in the East. No, it's the number two team in the league. Um, so, you know, that was... Uh, I feel like that was a big exclamation point win for anybody who's like, oh, the, you know, the West is so much weaker. The West isn't going to be able to stand up to anybody on the East. Um, I mean, we did, we just, what was it? Swept Tampa, swept Carolina, just beat yep. the blues, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And then that blues game, um, I, Yuri Patera played a great game, um, Got like trial by fire starting out, getting the helmet knocked off or hit in the face. I don't know exactly if it knocked his helmet off, but you know, puck.
2: puck what well, did in the face, it was I think Stephanie in any
4: mode? No matter what it does, is a welcome to the league kind of thing.
2: Ninety-four miles per hour off Colton Pareko's stick. That was the number that we got uh, from the the people that that uh, are able to record and track uh, the the puck uh, as it, as it goes around. 94 miles per hour for your second shot in the National Hockey League. It was a jawbreaker, and it popped his mask right
4: off. Yeah, you know, there, there's not not many other ways uh, to really get invited into the league. Um, so, like I said, really, really happy that uh, the team was able to, you know, uh, put enough goals in to, uh, to get that win for him. Um, you know, and then, of course, Pavel Dorfiev getting his first assist and his first goal. Um, what a fun one. And what, what a fun one to just that's not only your first goal, but it's the game-winning goal, and it's one of those that you couldn't, you couldn't uh, recreate that goal if you tried, right? Like, what are the chances that a puck is really going to pop up, hit him in the visor, and pop in again, right? Like, it's just it's a fun one. He gets to tell that story forever as his first goal in the NHL.
2: Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, great, uh, great call, Stephanie. Uh, I totally agree with you on uh, the memory of a puck bouncing up and going off your visor and into the net. He probably had to replace the visor after the game because those things get scuffed <laughs> up, and uh, and they like them flawless and and not to have any streaks or scratches in them. But he had so many great chances for something to happen like that is a little bit odd. But I do want to point out that one of the big pushes from Bruce Cassidy is to get to the inside and be in and around the net. Pavlador doesn't score that goal off the visor if he's not tracking in and around the crease area. And it's a fluky goal, of course, but full marks for actually being in the vicinity of the net for that kind of thing to happen.
1: Yeah, and it's it's an ex- extension of what he was doing the rest of the game. And, and, you know, you look at the opportunity that he had early on in the first period that trickles just past the far post. And then he beats uh, Jordan Binnington with a shot that uh, goes through Binnington and trickles just wide of a post. Pavel Dorofiev was unafraid to shoot the puck yesterday, and he was unafraid to get to the middle of the ice and, and crash the net. And that's exactly what you wanted to see from a player uh, called back up and inserted in the lineup to, to provide a little bit of offense for Vegas.
2: Line open. Call us at 702-876-1340. We will take the calls for the first half hour of the program. Get your assessment on this road trip and how you feel about the Vegas Golden Knights playoff chase and trying to uh, cement this position atop the Pacific Division and in the Western Conference. Uh, want to tell you that that was the second time uh, that the Vegas Golden Knights have served up a guy scoring his first NHL goal and a netminder producing his first nhl win in the same game uh hmm. it happened back in 2018 when alex Tuck scored his first goal and malcolm suban uh picked up his first win but it hasn't happened at all in the national hockey league since 2021 so that that was
1: another early uh the event the
2: night were produced
1: yeah i mean again you kind of look at getting it done and finding different ways and you know, you you want to talk organizational depth. You want to talk about uh, some guys getting an opportunity and and showing out well for this team. Yuri Patera was fantastic. Pavel Dorofiev had a great game, and the Golden Knights are, are rolling five deep right now in goaltender, and they're they're getting contributions from some some Henderson Silver Knights on this on this push to the playoffs. You, you got to love it.
2: call now i want to hear from you regarding your assessment of the vegas golden knights who now have 88 points they missed last year with 94. so where are you knowing that we have a lot of games remaining and a chance to really lock this thing down back to the phone lines frank uh welcome to the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas (laughs)
3: Hey guys, uh, great to be here. Hey, just uh, real quick, and I'm I'm gonna go. I just want to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Yeri and Pavel. Uh, what an awesome feeling to get your first win and and, and first goal. That is just so excited uh, for them. Uh, the other thing is, where's Maramanov? Where's he been? And I can't wait for him to come back uh, to you know get on the blue line there for us. And if uh, Thompson comes back, does 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 Flurry remind you, or does Quick remind you of Flurry a little bit in net? And if Thompson does come back, does they go? With, do they go with Quick, or will, do they go with Thompson? I'm going to go. I going to let you guys. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say about that. Thank you.
2: All right, let's uh, appreciate it, Frank. Thanks for holding on. Uh, love the questions. Let's talk about Daniel Mirmanov. Uh He's he's back in the American Hockey League. Uh, he recovered from the lower body injury, and he's playing again, and he's getting some game time in. Uh, if anything ever happens to one of the seven defensemen that are playing right now, and it's been rolling out uh, with his top six again for an extended period of time, and you're seeing the the positive effects, then uh, I would assume that uh, Danil Mirmanov would be the first guy called up. But uh, But he's there. He's recovered from his lower body injury, He's back playing uh, and is back with the with the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, better to have him playing than have him as the extra guy in the National Hockey League. As for Logan Thompson, if he comes back, and what uh, the reminders are from Jonathan Quick and comparisons to uh, the future Hall of Famer in, in Andre Fleury, Logan Thompson is going to be back. So that's the good thing. It's not if uh, he comes back, he's going to be back. He's skating. We got that update from... Bruce Cassidy yesterday before the game against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Lauren Brossoit and Logan Thompson are both skating, which is really positive. And uh, you've got Aiden Hill also in the wings uh, recuperating from from his his injury. So uh, there's a, a, a pace and a schedule that has Brossoit and Logan Thompson both being back before the end of this regular season. In the meantime, is Jonathan Quick and Yuri Patera. Quick will be leaned on. Uh, I expect uh, outside of a back-to-back, uh, to Quick play something like uh, five out of six games. I would I would see it somewhere in that regard. Uh, does he remind me of of Marc-André Fleury? Well, he's athletic. Uh so so yeah, he is he, uh, not a blocker style although he can make blocker saves. Uh not not with his right hand the blocker but the blocking style where you you just make yourself big. Uh, that's what I'm referring to. Uh he's he's the most uh, entertaining goaltender that uh, that I've ever seen in the, in the modern era. And uh, he's he's beyond what, what Marc-Andre Fleury uh, would do, just the way he slides around and, and his his lower body uh, movement and his flexibility. So uh, I, I love the way he plays. Uh, I don't think you would teach anybody uh, the way to play uh, the goal position uh, that way uh, in the modern game. Uh, I'm not sure you could teach anybody, uh, quite honestly, <laughs> to play the way Jonathan Quick uh, handled himself uh, out there. But uh, boy, is he fun to watch.
1: Right there with you. Um, I I understand why Jonathan Quick, the bridge to Marc-Andre Fleury, is there. Both goaltenders, incredibly athletic. Uh, but Jonathan Quick is, is like a spider monkey on the ice. He is just all over the place. Um, and it's all calculated. It's all playing the averages that Jonathan Quick believes gives him the best opportunity and best chance to make a save. Um, and as you mentioned, Darren, one of the most entertaining, if not the most entertaining goaltenders of his generation. I love watching Jonathan quick play. Um, and I love the results that he's getting as well.
2: Phone lines, 702-876-1340. There is one line open right now. Call us and we'll put you on the air right after Papa Lou. Uh, welcome back to the show.
5: Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. I've got uh, just a couple things real quick, nothing profound for sure. Um, first, I've never, ever been a fan of a team that has been as injury-riddled as this team has been and yet had so much fun watching them play and win. I it, it's, I mean, it's the ultimate smoke and mirrors by, by Bruce Cassidy, for sure. I mean, it, it, it's a testament to his coaching to death. And everybody gets on GM, for the moves they make, but clearly, you know, they've got, got some depth here, and, and they've they plugged in the right things when they've had to and, and, and made it all work. And it's just fun. It's it's like, you know, it's almost like the first season was um, without, you know, the mismatch.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you in that I, I look at what the Golden Knights have been able to do this year and in, in really mitigating some of those issues with injury. And, you know, it, you go through it last year and I, I thought even last year they handled it well. But right now, what you're getting out of Vegas is an ability to make plays and an ability to continue to win hockey games, despite the fact that that the injuries have mounted. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with the players. Um coming through, finding ways to win. And the coaching staff, I think Bruce Cassidy's done a great job through the different types of injuries the Golden Knights have had to give them a shot every single night. And when you have that, you're structured and you're bought in, you're going to win hockey games.
2: What's the most noticeable part or your uh, most uh, favorite uh, aspect of what they've been able to do since the All-Star break, Lou? You
5: know, just... um, Nobody, nobody has really had to be the star. It's it's the next man up right. mentality, and just the way that everybody is making a con- a contribution. And there's no, you know, we're not leaning on Eichel. We're not leaning on you know anybody. Um, it, it's a total team effort.
2: Jack's been really good. He hasn't been Connor McDavid like where uh, he's just gone off. Uh, Jonathan marshall has been good. He hasn't uh, gone to the level that we've seen in the past, which means there's another rung on the ladder to go. And there's other guys, and and we did this on the television broadcast uh, this weekend, uh, guys that have broken out of, of flat spots on this road trip, which has been like a, a, a few different, Acquisitions, extra acquisitions. Ivan Barbashev, Teddy Bluger have been great up front, but then you talk about trade deadline acquisitions. Keegan Coleshart found the net; that was great, and that fourth line has been awesome. Uh, Roddy Smith is is back, going in the right direction. Uh, William Carlson is scoring, and uh, Michael Amadio is is scoring, and there's there's a long list. Plus, the defenseman uh, Shea Theodore has been almost uh, as good as jack eichel on a point production standpoint maybe one or two points off what what eichel's been able to do and when he doesn't have a two-point night alex petrangelo steps in and has a two-point night and and they have an egg so uh, i i your your uh assessment of the balance and and the and how that's uh led them uh through this incredible run post all-star break is is right on the money uh, as far as uh, a different person or a different line uh, catching fire. The, the the biggest compliment I can give is that Teddy Blueger played the most minutes against the Carolina Hurricanes the other night uh, at the center ice position. And that I wouldn't have predicted, uh, but, Bruce Cassidy leaned on him, and 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 he was all uh, uh, in response to that, and and was really good. And with Brett Howden, there's another name uh, that that that's found the net. Uh, it's it's been impressive. You might be looking at the most balance that they've had all year, uh, and that's been celebrated at times. Uh, but I, I think we're in we're in another step above what we've seen previously.
5: You know, I don't know that this means much, but I got my sin bin bingo. Cards, you know, before the season started, and there were squares on those cards that I said, no way in the world that's going to happen, no way in the world that's going to happen. And I go down and and check them off like four different goaltenders having wins. I'm just like, I looked at those cards when I got them. To, Most of this stuff isn't going to happen. Now I'm, I'm getting bingos left and right. It's amazing.
2: That that's good. Well, it <laughs> goes with the the Tampa Bay uh, game announcer the other night uh, at the Amalie Arena when he just announced the numbers after the scrum. How about, by the way, uh, seventy five penalty minutes for the Vegas School of the Nights against the Tampa Bay Lightning? That's a franchise record. Mm-hmm. The next night, they had two. I, I I I've seen weirdness before, but that's another notch on the. Well, didn't expect something like that uh, before seventy five penalty minutes ha-ha uh we got a full-fledged melee on the ice and then you you turn around and you have two penalty minutes mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. the next night and and last night wasn't uh wasn't exactly uh the most physical game so i i i love the way vegas has been able to to work in both ways had a great talk with uh nick Hag about that uh that melee that i'll, I'll paraphrase in, in uh a later moment in this show but uh mm-hmm. we're that that what happened in tampa i think is going to fuel this team for a while in the goodwill that that will uh percolate with this hockey club
1: i think that they have proven that they can play in any type of game if it gets a little testy and a little chippy they're right at home they can absolutely play in that setting If there's a game where you want to try to be disciplined, you don't want to put the opposition on the power play, you want to make sure that you're checking well, but you're not taking any infractions, or you're not necessarily being undisciplined to put yourself on a penalty kill, the Golden Knights can do that too. And I I think that their range this year um, has been remarkable, and and that's a big reason why they continue to win.
2: Range is a a really good uh, word to describe what this team has. Now, I don't think they're a club that's going to go out and give you four fights in a game. You don't want to get into that type of uh, scenario. But if you want to scratch and claw and back alley it a little bit, there's some feistiness in a couple of these guys that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And I'll throw Brett Howden's name right Mm -hmm. in the middle of that. What I've seen from Brett Howden this year has really uh, gone a long way to give me the idea that uh, that he will do anything for you. He can score a big goal. He's got some uh, really good defensive zone instincts, and he wasn't drafted uh, as that type of player, but he's built that into his game to try and stay in the National Hockey League. And he's working on the offensive side to to, to score you uh, and or make a big play uh, at moments. But but the the ability just to get not dirty, but involved physically in a scrum or a kerfuffle. Uh, that, that's an element that didn't pop out to me uh, before this season started. And now it's a pretty standard part of his game. If there's a scrum around, He's playing with Keegan Uh, and 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 that line uh, certainly would uh, put you usually up against the other team's third or fourth line. So uh, the chances are are more uh, probable that 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 might happen. But he's he's not shying away from it at all. He's not the 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 guy that's halfway to the bench and has to turn around to get back into it. He's already right there a, as part of it. And I like that part of his game.
1: Yeah, I mean it was evidence, right? His his first game back after injury. What does he do? He drops the gloves because he didn't like a hit uh that that uh, keegan kolasar received and i think when you are a teammate the way that brett howden is a teammate and when you are a team that's as close as the golden knights are you'll have those moments where you're going to stick up for one another now given how much trust bruce cassidy has in his fourth line and how much of a uh, of an integral part brett howden has become on that line alongside teddy bluger and keegan kolasar um, you, you lean into the, the things that, that your coach wants you to do and, and being hard to play against, mixing things up, being involved, winning shifts and, and putting you know putting the opposition on their heels. those are all important things, especially over a seven game series. And you know Brett Howden's been really good since coming back into the lineup for Vegas.
2: Let's take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you about something that I witnessed for the first time ever in the National Hockey League when it came to lineup adjustments, a player leaving, a new player coming in, and the head coach's focus wasn't on the elite stars and making sure that they were good. I've never saw this happen before, and I'm not sure I'll see it again but it worked out and it was a really impressive coaching job by Bruce Cassidy. Plus, we'll get into Chris Chapman's uh, career moment on the weekend. Gotta give him a big stick tap. So we'll get into his uh, time hosting a National Hockey League games. the VGK Insider Show from Vegas to Philadelphia on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340
2: AM. What a run for the Vegas Golden Knights. They are making it happen right now out of the all-star break. Winning, winning in different ways. Winning in consistent ways. Usually it's a one goal game and also scoring four goals. They are on a run of uh, being able to score four goals and basically just locking it down. And when they haven't been able to pick up a, a win and losing in regulation a couple of times. Their goaltending has been spectacular in, in those mm-hmm. games. It hasn't been anything to do with uh, with guys uh, tanning the twine. And we went over the, the five different goaltenders that they've started in the last 15 games and they've gone really deep, a good job uh, by Sean Burke, a good job by management, a good job by the coaching staff and the players uh, to put them in that position. And now they're first place in the Pacific division, first place in the Western conference and feeling pretty good about themselves. I do look at this and say, I wonder if there's another gear left to go. They they've had Mm. an egged it in the sense of one line here Another line there, defenseman scoring. They've got incredible goaltending performances by whoever's in the game uh, and, and going on that particular night. But it's been little runs by every different goalie since the All-Star break. I, I I think that there's a way to put it all together and raise the level, which could be very, very scary for everybody else in the Western Conference.
1: Sure, I agree with you 100. percent Because even though the Golden Knights are picking up wins, even though they're putting points in the bank, I think that you know you you look at certain pockets within a game, and I think that there's room for growth. And and as you mentioned, we've talked about depth, and we've really had this conversation since coming back from the All Star break of the bye week and the run that the Golden Knights have been on. It seems like you're scoring four goals a night, and it, it feels like it's. A different goal scorer every single time the puck hits the back of the net. We've had a couple of multi-goal performances, but that's only really been on the off the stick of Jonathan Marchessault. So, So can the Golden Knights get two and two or three lines, three or, or three or four lines, multiple defensemen going at the same time and and really, really turning into a wagon? I think it's possible. I think that they absolutely can, and I think that this team does have another gear. To go down the stretch. That's what the final 15 games are about. Bre- bringing the level of, of your play up even another notch.
2: Hit with another injury on the weekend. Keegan Colasar returned to uh, Las Vegas. Uh, he w- is out. I missed last night's uh, game. Uh, he joins Nick Waugh uh, on the sidelines and Will Carrier. That's your fourth line from the start of the year. Now, they they weren't right. playing together. When each of them were injured, you can't say the fourth line's gone, but that was your very much trusted fourth line for the first half of this year. They're all out uh, and you've been able to backfill and been able to adjust your line in very uh, excellent fashion in the sense of Teddy Blugers. Now you're your fourth line center experience mm-hmm. and knows his role extremely well. Brett Howden is back and he's healthy. And, and he's performing at one of the highest levels that we've seen him. Uh, I think that there's some offensive production that you might see a, a little bit more frequent from him, uh, just the way he's been around and been able to uh, create things uh, for himself. And then the other side, there there was a switch. When Kulisar went out, they put Michael Amadio on the fourth line. It's the first time yeah. I've ever yep. watched a coach make this move, and the way he... Justified it in in Bruce Castor, explained it, made me think. There's no way I ever would have thought of it that way, or been focused on making sure that that part of the team is taken care of. I my my priority would have been in a totally different fashion, and so Pavel Dorofiev draws in the lineup. The simple mm-hmm. thing to do would have been Dorofiev joins. Uh, William Carlson and Riley Smith. You've got an offensive player coming in, uh, uh, or you you put Dorofeev on the fourth line and eases minutes in uh, as he joins uh, Teddy Bluger and 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 Brett Howden, uh, because that's not a traditional fourth line. It's not a bang and crashing and crazy. They can play play that way, uh, but it's not your sure. your big heavy fourth line. That's where I thought that Bruce Cassidy would go. Dorfiev goes in the fourth line, easy man, and Mateo stays up with with Riley Smith and William Carlson. Instead, Bruce Cassidy looked at it and went, the fourth line is a real strength of our team. I lean on this fourth line, I need dependable people that that I can rely on that I have faith in that I know what they're going to give me on that fourth line. So he takes Michael Amadio off the second line And puts him on the Hmm. fourth line and tells him, this is not a demotion. This is the exact opposite. This is a compliment to you that I need somebody that I can really lean on in these situations. And you're going to get minutes on that fourth line with Teddy Bluger and and Brett Howden. And what does he do? He goes out, Brett Howden has a shot pass off, off the pad and Michael Matteo mm-hmm. scores a goal. I I guarantee you look back on it. 9 times out of 10, the coach will take the inexperienced guy and put him down the lineup and will will focus more on his skilled players, his his point producers and not disrupt them, make sure that they're as as stable as possible. He he went the other way. Bruce Cassidy. Now the Dorothea thing worked because he put him in a spot where mm-hmm. like that, that's a, a really good fit for him. Cause he's a, he's a high level player. He's an offensive player. Uh, and, and maybe if it's somebody else who's on this road trip, he doesn't make that move, but, uh, it, it did work. And Dorofiev scores and, and, and was effective with, with Smith and Carlson, but, uh, to, to disrupt, to, to play with two lines when it would have been really easy, just to plug Dorofiev on the fourth line was, uh, one of those ones where the coach has a plan and uh, he's going out of his way to make that move. That was really solid, good, cool coaching by Bruce Cassidy.
1: Well, it, it gives you an idea of what Bruce values above all things and, and the responsibility in and, and the minutes that he gets out of his fourth line and how much he's going to lean on them. It's it's an important part of this hockey team, and Michael Amadio has, has made himself an important part of what goes right for Vegas. Now, you have the skill set of Dorofiev. You're putting him in a position to succeed, I think, a lot more alongside Carlson and Smith than if you would have plugged him into that fourth line. So it's really, in my opinion, Bruce Cassidy looking at the personnel that he's got and maximizing what's best for the individual players and for the team.
2: And I want people to know, uh, putting Dorofiev with Bluger and Howden would not have been a, a bad choice at all. It it would have been my logical spot for him. I I talked to the guys uh, before we met with Bruce yesterday, and we were uh, basically all in agreement. We thought Dorofiev would just uh, plug right in uh, to the fourth line. That. That would I think it would have worked. Uh, maybe it doesn't produce offense, uh, but I think that there's uh like they run the same system with Manny Viveros and Henderson as they do uh with with the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I I think it it wouldn't have surprised me at all had that happened. But going out of your way and moving things around the way he did, uh added a little more intrigue into the way that Bruce Cassidy does Look at things and and watch uh, uh, the the possibility of certain in game situations, and he was right in the money and got something out of both guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, this is uh, again Bruce Cassidy just kind of recognizing what he has in his players and and trying to put something together on on a night by night basis because. You've had to deal with a lot of injuries throughout the course of the season. And, you know, I, I love the game we got out of Pavel Dorofiev. I love the fact that Michael Amadio was able to go out there and put the puck in the back of the net. And, you know, he's been a guy that has raised the level of his game, not just offensively, but defensively, too. And it's cool to see Amadio get rewarded like that in that moment.
2: And, and he's had some ups and downs, right? And and he's on a short yeah, leash with yeah. Bruce Cassidy. If he's not going, you've seen his ice time limited early in mm-hmm. games. And then he has to really earn his way back into the ice time good books uh, of Bruce Cassidy. Uh, I just, when I saw it, I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And then Bruce explained it. And I was even more uh, interested. And I watched it. And I thought, wow you can be around this game for as long as I have. And I never mm-hmm. would have would have expected that because we're used to a certain way. He did it. And, and I was surprised. I was impressed. And, uh, and I give him a big stick tap uh, for it. Uh, we've got another one coming for Chris Chapman. Uh, as we continue uh, set up our number two, as we roll on on Fox sports, Las Vegas
0: this is the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas 98.9 fm and thirteen forty a.m now back to darren millard and ryan wallace
2: got a lot to get to game rating from a couple of outings carolina contest and then you've got the the beautiful wonderful a debut of yuri patera yesterday against the st louis blues the golden knights sweep that back-to-back set have won three in a row on the road, and an opportunity to take 10 of 12 points on this five-game road trip. We'll also get into Chris Chapman's debut hosting the National Hockey League. Can't wait to pick his brain on it. So proud of the guy uh, for being able to step in. What a compliment uh, to say that you hosted a National Hockey League game. And one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, there's some stuff happening in and around the Connor mcdavid situation that i want to get to and also uh talking about the Connor bedard sweepstakes there's been an adjustment to that focus uh moving forward and that big announcement a couple of days ago in philadelphia regarding chuck fletcher we're right in the middle of it facing the philadelphia flyers tomorrow got a little bit of uh intel And regarding what the Philadelphia Flyers are going to do with that, it's the BGK Insider Show coming your way with our number two next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.